Uh, hi, I'm Duncan Krieger. This is DefenderCast. DefenderCast is a platform for me to talk about business, property, and positive thinking. Welcome to the show. So hello, welcome to DefenderCast. Uh, this is episode five, I believe, or four, or it's a new series uh, anyway. It's so a new series, but it's a continuation, season, baby. Season two of DefenderCast coming to you from Tab Mary Lebone. <laughs> We're not in the Defender today, but we will get some shots of all of us stood on a Defender. And yeah, so I'm Bradley Tooth. I'm the Director of Media and Comms at TAB, uh, Duncan Krieger Company, a DKR&D Limited. Um, and here we have, uh, we've got special guests today. Um, we have JB from House Nine. And of course, um, my main man, Duncan Krieger, former West, well, West One founder, uh, not former founder because he's founded. Former founder. You can't formally found a company. You I'll be the former it. founder when I'm dead. Like, yeah, he'll be the former founder. Currently, when he's I'm dead. the founder. So, founder of West One, now um, CEO of Tab, um, and here you go, Duncan Krieger. Good morning. Good, Good morning. Evening. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Barry. How you doing? I'm great. Thank you. How are you guys doing? Cool. We're good. I'm good. Are you good? We're good. Yeah. Beautiful London good. weather out there today. Yeah, well, fortunately, we're in the basement now, so we don't, we won't actually know if it's raining or sunning until we get upstairs. Yeah, don't anymore. But I'm, I'm gonna just assume that it's sunny now. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool. It's making me feel warmer already. There you go. Um. So, the purpose of today is we're really trying to test out all the new equipment. Um. That JB has very kindly brought to our office and set up. We've got some seriously exciting podcasts in the pipeline now. And we really want to do it justice. We want to give everything um, its best possible showing. And therefore, we're going through a little test run today. But we will be sharing this with you because in true form of documenting the journey, I feel this adds something um, to what we're trying to achieve. So hope you all enjoy it. Thank you for tuning in. Also, you guys, so um, Duncan obviously has the tab up, um, which is a startup and obviously... Um, JB, he's founder of House Nine, which is again a startup, you know, agency. So, um, you know, two entrepreneurs in the building, you know, going to share some skills, some learning, some lessons, you know, all about how um, they go through the everyday life, getting through doing what they do and killing it. Right. So yeah. here we go. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, look, my the key to this, like you've you've mentioned startups, and I think it's quite a cool subject, quite a cool topic. I think the key to startups is surrounding yourself with good people, and that becomes very evident when I look around the table today and look at the team that we've got present. Um, we haven't all known each other very long. In fact, if you rewind three months ago, probably the four of us had never met each other. Actually. You guys maybe knew each other. Yeah, we started, uh, Red and I, but yeah. Um, so in that respect, it's, you know, you can't build a relationship overnight. Take some time for everyone to get to know each other. And yeah, I'm really pleased to be sitting here. We have already created some stuff that I'm extremely proud of. And hopefully we've been showing you that in places where you can consume it at your leisure. So you said something that caught my attention there about being an entrepreneur and uh, surrounding yourself with, with good people. Uh, how many, how often is it that you have found someone that's, I guess, quote unquote, not good? And how do you address that situation? Good question. <laughs> um, 
I think there's two ways to approach this, and I'm certainly more one way than another. I think typically um, the, the two ways to approach it are either you fall in love on the first date and then things go get gradually worse from there um, and therefore you sort of fall out of love and really it becomes a two-way thing where people just aren't getting on, aren't getting results. Um, I think that one of the things that's quite important is having difficult conversations. So I think you'll all probably know now from spending a little bit of time with me that I never shy away from saying what's on my mind. And I think it's really important to be honest and upfront and transparent, which is a theme that you'll see running through pretty much everything that I do. The opposite way, um, which can be more... Uh, can be more... Uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but is a kind of different approach is that you don't fall in love on the first date you actually keep your guard up and you only let your guard down once somebody's earned your trust or respect mm. um, as opposed to as opposed to falling in love on the first date and then and you then have my respect until you lose it type correct of yeah. yeah so look, I, I guess those are the two approaches my approach is always on gut and I guess as I've been involved in more businesses, more startup, meeting new people, your gut hopefully gets better, mm. um, gets more intuitive. So you meet people that you may have f- fallen in love with before, but you think actually. So for me, I tried to, um, I tried to deal with it right at the outset. If there's something that's not right, doesn't feel right, doesn't look right, we just move on, mm-hmm. rather than trying to force it and make it work. So that's really interesting to hear. So it's like you you have the instant sort of reaction to somebody and then you have the longer time giving somebody that, that chance, but then you have that thought in your mind that, look, there's a point where it comes to where this has got to end or this we decide that we're going to move on. Yeah, basically. Um, so what about yourself, JB? So, yeah. um, you know, obviously you, you've been in that situation before, right? You've, um, you know, you've been in Miami, you've been in, in London now for a while. Um, you know, what sort of your your thoughts on, you know, collecting people or um, disregarding people, should we say? Yeah, I think uh, my fault is that I, I trust too much or I give everyone the benefit of the doubt, which uh, has led to a lot of things failing in the past. But every time we fail, I learn something new. And I've, I've, I guess like, like Duncan was saying that my, my gut instincts are, are learning like I'm um, I'm, I always go with my gut and that my gut's instincts are continually, I guess, getting more accurate. Um, for example, before I started House 9, we joined uh, with another company that everything seemed too good to be true at the beginning, but I wanted to believe it. And then it was too good to be true in the end. And uh, along the whole time, Red was telling me it was too good to be true. Yeah. Like his gut was right on, mine wasn't. And I just wanted to believe it. And then, yeah. I was wrong. Yeah, the best thi- the the best thing about that, the most important thing is um, what lessons did you learn, and how are you not going to how are you going to make sure you don't make those mistakes again? Because I think a lot of people um, don't take stock, don't recognise how this made them feel or how complicated it became, and therefore, you know, you don't adjust next time. And I guess part of that is that you and Red are becoming a better team, so you learn to trust each other's judgment more. And that is one of the big benefits of having a true partner. Yeah, well, th- we weren't partners at that time. We both worked for that company. So okay. I guess the one thing we w- that changes, 
we now work for ourselves and we are partners. So yeah. So what's the big, big difference then working for yourself? Because one thing that I like to address in these podcasts that I've done in the past and I'd like to continue doing is the, the leap from employment, steady job, getting a paycheck mm. to I'm doing this on my own and I'm responsible for everything now. Well, in Miami, I always actually did work for myself. So coming here, um, I thought I wasn't, I wasn't confident enough to start my own thing at first. Uh, so I worked for different companies, which to go from being like working for yourself to going to work for somebody else was like a felt like a step backward. But at the time, I thought I was making the right decision. And then at the end, I wasn't. So here I am again working for myself and it, it feels like I'm back at home. OK, sounds good. So I mean, then I, yeah, then I get to work with people like you guys. Like, and I, I end up working with better people when working for myself than yeah. uh, working for another company. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, because you get um, you get the free. Look, I think one thing that I feel about self-employment, I've I've said over and over again, is working for yourself gives you the freedom to work as hard as you want. Yeah, I agree. And um, I think that's really hard to kind of get across to somebody that's in a job or has been in a job for a very long time because you're paid to do something, and your contract says that you work this, that, the other. I haven't had that for a very, very long time. In fact, I had it for a very small portion of time from 2014 to 2016. And it uh, didn't make me more productive. As Mm. you were saying, in fact, it made me less productive um, because you're being asked to do things that you wouldn't necessarily do yourself. And for me, it's just about backing myself. um, And it's about me saying, I trust myself to do this the way that I think it should be done. So that's the way I do it. I guess that I think what would be interesting is if how we get across that decision-making process of how you decide that something is is right or something is wrong. I think one story you told me um, when we first met was when uh, and you were talking about that that leap from being self-employed to employed or employed to self-employed was um, you know the company you joined in Birmingham. Yeah. Um, I think you know that that sort of decision that you you know you went all in and 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 then overnight you just said like that's it i can't do it yeah uh, i have to you know i have to find myself yeah i mean that just brings me back to my point that i made a few minutes ago which is um as long as you're honest um with yourself and with everyone around you then you've got the best chance of dealing with that situation and getting a positive outcome because to me you can turn pretty much any negative into a positive if you attack it in the right way so what might seem like a big scary negative can actually be an opportunity to reinvent yourself show people that you are bold show people that you are positive show people that you want to succeed and you want to do things your own way and then it becomes less about what you say and more about what you do i guess that sort of like learning is is um is not just sort of there for entrepreneurs as well it's anybody joining a new company right so you could make a big leap from from somewhere to somewhere else and then think that you know the grass is greener but then you, if you don't back your, if you sort of stay in that stale situation that you don't like and don't back yourself to move on, you know it's it's difficult, right? Yeah, I mean, here's something just quickly that I like. I, I really do like people. I would like people to think about, and I'd like people to actually go away and try and do. I've always said, um, if you start a new job, well, this is how I I had approached it in the past when I started my first jobs: is arrive on day one, find out who's in charge, go knock on their door, and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Duncan. I've just started working here. I just wanted to introduce myself. I just wanted to let you know that I'm here to learn. I'm here to help you. I'm here to support you. And I, you know, I think 
you, people just assume um, that everybody knows what you want or what you're trying to achieve. And I think in reality, nobody should assume anything. You should just let everybody know what's on your mind and um, try and give yourself in the best possible light. When was the last time you introduced yourself to a boss? I mean, I introduce <laughs> myself to people all day, every but day. But like, when was the last time you worked? No, for so a look, my I'll, I'll come back to that. But I my, like that, by the way. Yeah, I do. I, 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 I'll come back to that. But my my point is, this is how I live my life now. Yeah. So I've been in this office for four weeks. If you go into Starbucks, I'll know pretty much every person that serves me coffee. Mm-hmm. Every time I go in there, I say hello. I ask how their day's going. I mean, Brad's hang around with me a little bit. You've seen me do it. I like to thank people for their time. I like to make sure that they know that I appreciate if they're going the extra mile for me. So it's just an evolution of the same thing. Um, I think that goes back to your positive mindset, though. I think, you know, in terms of saying hello to... So one thing I've learned from being around you is that, you know, it doesn't matter what sort of situation you're in there and then, you know, that day when we're having a really bad day and we just took a step outside for a minute and there was an old woman who was yeah you know, getting harassed for money and we just sat and talked to her for like yeah. a few minutes to make her feel safe yeah. you know it's a positive mindset right yeah yeah i mean if you walk down the street with a screw face on and everyone who walks past you your attitude is who the fuck are you what are you looking at expect to get negative stuff back in your face expect if you walk banged, right? yeah if you walk down the same street past the same people and you know this is what i do it's just ingrained in me i like to nod and smile at pretty much everyone who walks past and then you start to feel the feedback pretty quick it's like you can walk down the street going hi hey how you doing what's up all right mate can i help you all good how's your day going yeah i consciously try to do the smile yeah when i'm walking yeah and then look i know from me if i am in a bad mood (laughs) and i'm walking and occasionally it happens and i'm walking down the street with that face on, I can tell you now that I'm much less approachable. Mm. Okay. So just taking a sort of a, a step back then to, to sort of another topic um, to move on a, a little bit. So in terms of your day-to-day, JB, mm-hmm. um, you, you've you been recording now for, you've been in, in uh, doing shooting f- for like how many years? So yeah, my, my I guess I, First picked up the camera when I was 13. I'm 29 now. Okay. Some math on that. <laughs> like 50 Over years? 10 years, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I at first was shooting skateboarding videos on DV. Um, doing, then I got into like also photography around the same time. Uh, did that for years, just kind of like for fun. Uh, in high school... I started working with a TV station. Is this your actual passion, right? I mean, because not many people get an opportunity to do, or they don't push themselves to do for a living what they enjoy. Yeah, so I guess at first my passion was the idea of just making movies. Uh, And I wanted to have the control over making movies. I didn't want to have to depend on other people at that time. Like, I guess the first, I guess, concepts of making any type of visual was with even when I didn't have a camera, I would pretend to be directing a music video with me and my friends when we were like really young. And I would be directing everyone as if the camera was there and everyone was like diving around. I'm imagining yeah. Backstreet Boys. So yeah, what type I of mean, music was it? Come I don't on. even know. I don't even remember really? what it was. It was probably like, I think it was Casey and Jojo was the first music video <laughs> I ever directed actually. Tell me it's real. Yeah. Um, so yeah, then in high school, 
and college, I worked for a TV station in Miami, which was really cool because my senior producer, who actually just texted me right now, um, was into skateboarding, and he uh, actually signed... I wrote a script that I was trying to just, like, push out there, and I had a meeting with him and a bunch of people, and they didn't like the script, but they wanted me to, like, start working with them. So that's what happened, and I started uh, shooting more with them and editing and was in film school, left there, made a bunch of short films, worked the agency, and... Yeah, it's, I bounced around a lot. Be cool to see some of your early stuff. Yeah, I can show it to you. It's, yeah. it's all cringeworthy, I promise. <laughs> so we'll add a link to the JB highlight reel. Um, oh, Lord, to, yeah. To the link to the pod. So. I think I only have one IMDb credit right now, or like two. And one of them is a short film that's not even out there right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a great short film. It's called Cafe Piscine. It's about iced coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds and you live that dream as well. You all, uh, every time I see you, you've you got live an iced in coffee, the iced coffee. You yeah, true. It is about a guy who gets a girl by giving her this fancy iced coffee. So piscine is pool in French, but also means like ice champagne. It's some sort of French slang. So I wanted to make the champagne of ice coffees, cafe piscine. Nice. Yeah. So instead of the guy trying to get the girl with a normal buying her a coffee, he has to buy her this really ornate ice coffee where the ice comes from an ice sculpture and all this good stuff. Yeah. Feels like we're in a bit of a, a movie pitch here, right? Dee dee dee. It's a sound, yeah, no, sound, I sound effect. Sound I have way, effect. Better, way better scripts to pitch you if you want so, to listen so to it. I'm interested in this. Just quickly, can we stay yeah. on this subject? What? How do you see... It doesn't sound like that journey's come to an end for you. No, yeah, it's definitely ongoing. Um, I like telling stories, my own stories, other people's stories, real stories, fictional stories. I like telling them. And there's a lot of different ways you can tell them today. There's ways you can tell it with audio, like we're doing right now. We're doing a podcast. Uh, visuals is like my go-to. So in a picture, you can tell a story. It's harder in a picture because you only have one frame. Or in a movie, you have 24 to 60 frames a second over 120 minutes or however long the movie is. So that is easier, becomes more complex, though, because then you have to like follow a kind of like path in that story and, yeah. and take that audience on that path to kind of show them what you're trying to show them. Um, so yeah, there's different ways of doing it and I love doing it all. Music. Yeah. Music is important. Yeah. Yeah. It's very important. <laughs> uh, yeah. So like you'll listen to, I mean, sound quality is important. Music is important. Music definitely, uh, adds an element to the emotion of a film. Wes Anderson is a good example of this. He pays very, like, I mean, most directors have a very specific attention to detail in what their music selection is, but Wes Anderson takes it up to another level. Have, have you seen uh, Budapest Grand Budapest Hotel? Grand yeah, Budapest yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so like he, I think he, I don't know, I should probably like look this up right now, but he chose some like very indigenous type of music where they had to like bring them into a recording studio and have them record like the vocals to like be in the soundtrack. Like there was a really complicated way yeah. of getting that audio for that movie. Yeah, and it doesn't come easy. Like, people watch it and think, oh, it's another movie. Yeah. You know? I mean, another example is uh, all the Nolan films, Christopher Nolan. Yes. He's his sound Hans design. Zimmer. Is it, yeah, Zimmer. Hans yeah. Zimmer is it, yeah, it's like the go-to. It's just incredible, isn't it? Yeah. So I've, got, I've, I've got the moment. He's on my Spotify playlist. There you go. Yeah. Sick. I'm uh, I'm Dark, my, Dark, Dark Knight Rises. I'm listening incredible. to um, Baz Luhrmann's soundtrack there you go. from The Great Gatsby. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. So my one my script that I would love to pitch right now that I'm not going to is an is a 1920s period piece that takes place off the coast of Florida on a ship and there's a lot of ragtime jazz in it. 
Interesting. So it's and now I'm contemplating whether or not to rewrite it for a stage instead of film, which is another way to tell a story, right? So You're a busy guy, aren't you? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, the original question was about, are you following your dream? <laughs> yeah. So like, I'm, I'm interested, like listening to you, it sounds like everything that you're doing assists you on the way to your dream. But if it was a case of someone saying to you, right, you've got, you can only do one thing for the next three months, would that, do you know what that is? Or well, I'd be cheeky and just say to help people tell stories and I can still do everything that I'm doing today. Like, it's all very simple. And like I said, there's different mediums of doing it. I told someone last night, I was with you guys last night in a grand opening of one of my clients, um, wow. uh, Jim. And uh, I said, it's great doing what I do because I get to help everyone. Like there's not anyone who can't benefit from help, having someone else help them tell their story. Yeah. It's okay, JB. We're, we're not. Um, the BBC, you can name drop the, the gym. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Rathbone Boxing is a great go. gym in Fitzrovia. <laughs> yes. uh, what's the offer you've got on at Rathbone Gym? Yeah, I think they have uh, three credits for £30, usually a class. Don't you normally pounds. need to um, tell people that we're in a commercial phase and we're getting paid for... Yeah, this is an, not an ad. <laughs> <laughs> I do <laughs> handle their advertising, but no, this is not an ad. I actually pay to go to the gym there. You were going to pay to go to the gym this I morning, was. but you didn't show up. Yeah, so. that's another story. So um, <laughs> who's Bradley Tooth? So um, Bradley Tooth is a guy that um, loves social media. Um, I kind of got in quite early, uh, fairly early, um, working with um, a massive brand in the UK, O2, um, doing, some, doing some stuff with them. So yeah, Bradley Tooth is just a guy that loves social media, loves... What Again, do you love about social media? Can I you love expand? that. I, so for me, I kind of love that everybody sort of says what they mean there and then. Um, that's why, I, I mean, out of all the channels, I love Twitter um, the most at the moment. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm ish getting into Instagram more now uh, on a personal level. So when something happens in the world, the, the reason why I love Twitter is because when something happens, everybody's talking about it and it's just micro, 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 micro blogging. Everybody's sharing their views about the most fucking random things. One of the weirdest trends was some puddle in a place called Drummond, right? And it got, it was trending worldwide because people were talking about when something was going to cross the puddle and it's like Drummond Puddle Watch. It's like, it's it's madness. This is where it just loses me. Wait, yeah, I'm confused. Why? There's a puddle? Uh, yes. Exactly, exactly. So, but... No, no, explain. So, what, the Drummond Puddle Watch? Yeah, trend? I haven't got... I, I oh, mean, mate, so I got there was this puddle in Scotland... And something was happening in the puddle and it was just, everyone was talking about, it. someone was recording it. and But it's just moments that people capture that everyone would never be able to discuss before. So yeah. that, and also... So it's more relevant when there's topical news and people yeah, actually get a I've chance got, to... You know, wait, so there was an actual live stream yeah, yeah, yeah. of this puddle? Yeah. That, okay. So if you ser- maybe search it, puddle... Yeah. Drum, drum and puddle watch. Drum and puddle watch. <laughs> so This podcast... Uh, this is a live stream <laughs> of this puddle. But it was viral. Yeah. yeah. It's just, yeah, three minutes of that. Yeah. yeah, it's just, but like everyone's commenting. Like, but flip that around and then you've got things like the um, the CEO going to, uh, on a flight to, uh, to an African country, making a comment to her 22 followers. And by the time she lands, she's got people waiting at the airport for her and, you know, millions of people commenting. Yeah. 
stuff like that. It's just so. Is it is it real people getting a voice? I'm I'm trying to sort of hone in on what real it people getting the voice, but then everybody else, rea- everyone reacting to it because people share every people seem to share everything. So it's the honest reaction to people talking about what's going on in their lives right now or documenting what's going on in their lives right now. So that's the thing. People are fairly open. They go live when something you know when there's a disaster or whatever, you know, people just, the natural ha- behavior now is just to turn your phone on and go live yeah. when something's going down. Yeah. Um, so what I, so I mean, I, know I, no, I just love it. I know yeah. no one was asking me, but what I like about it is, um, I am asking you now. So, <laughs> so okay. So Duncan Krieger, um, you, you were an early adopter of social media. No, so I wasn't really. Um, but what, what I like about it is that the, is the reach. It's the opportunity that, before I embraced social media, I could only the only people that could listen to me were the people that I was talking to. Mm. Yeah, and that meant that yeah. you know one of the reasons why I'm documenting my journey is that it's when I come out of a really positive meeting, and I feel like there's some value um, to be gained by others. Five years ago, I would have had to call my mates, sit down with them one by one, and retell the story. And every time you retell a story, I think some gets lost in translation. Your memory starts to wane yep. a little bit. You start to think um, that you remember something that didn't quite happen that way. And this way, um, with the dream team sitting in front of me, we get to document it. Then we get to cut it down and edit it into something that we're proud of. And then we get to put it out there. I guess, you know, furthering on to my point is that my, my passion with social is the engagement. So the fact that people can engage, so sharing a story is that is the one thing, and, and documenting the story, and you know, there's some great examples of people doing similar things to what we're doing. Obviously, the the Gary in the room, you know, he's he's you know he's sick, you know, he's he's positive. He every time he does something, he documents it, shares it. He's like Gary V. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's 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 great, right? Yeah, you know, and yeah, it's it's yeah, and, and people are just cutting it onto you. It, yeah, there's negatives and yeah, there's things that there are drawbacks, but ultimately you can engage with as many people in, in the world right now, as, as many as you want to. And it's at the touch of a button. Yeah, there's no corporation like in the way as, a, as it used to be. If you yeah. needed to get out there, you had to go on the radio, on television. Yeah. And there was big companies who were the gatekeepers and there's no more gatekeepers. So yeah. I think that's cool. And Twitter, I think is like, I don't use Twitter as much as I should. But every time I want to find something that's not in the news, I do search Twitter. Yeah, like yeah. Twitter is the place that breaks the story. It's usually. live action. I right? thought yeah. you you summed this up to me really well, Bradley. Once, yeah, we were talking about <laughs> the difference between Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah, and I think just the one second on. <laughs> I got off the top of my head, like I can. Really Basically, you just fucking made it up when I no, asked you I didn't. Last no, I didn't. Facebook so for your friends. Facebook friends. Twitter for news. That's exactly what I said. LinkedIn is your CV, and uh, Instagram is aspirational. Oh, I think LinkedIn is changing, as we all know. What is it? Yeah, I'm a big fan of LinkedIn. Li- I think the content on LinkedIn. You know, LinkedIn has live. I didn't yeah, know they, that till today. It literally just went, it started yesterday. So okay, yeah, I should go on feature. LinkedIn live now, right? Uh, yeah, actually, that'd be maybe not. Yeah, why? Because, like I said, LinkedIn is still a bit of your digital CV, and I think are saying fuck, you know, <laughs> well, why? I don't know. Is that not something you would say in normal meetings? Because it is... Maybe not live, though. Why? I don't know, I guess. Interesting. 
I mean, this is the, there's another Gary V conversation about how he everyone hated that he cursed all the time. Yeah. And he continued cursing, and now he's still getting paid big bucks. Yeah, I mean, actually, I, wa- I watched some of this because I have um, I can relate to it. And what Gary V was saying is, I'm not swearing in the same way. Just because somebody uses the word fuck, <laughs> it can be used in many different ways. And sometimes it's just an expression of, um, you know, your personality or the way that you want to get something across. And I think, you know, you can say things in a very different way. And someone can say something without using the F word and they can still be seriously offensive. Exactly. It's language. Language is perceptive, right? If if you use language in the right way. Yeah. Going back to your point, saying fuck, there's nothing wrong with it, right? Stop saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Laugh button. <laughs> Thank you. You need to be quicker on that. <laughs> yeah, take, yeah, take the board bad, away. We're going to take the board away from JB. Um, I want a board of my own. We'll get you guys one. But uh, I completely agree. LinkedIn is the. It's kind of almost coming up. It's having its um like is this a thing, like an Indian summer, like a revival. Second wind. Second wind. You know, it's and I love it. All they're doing is have taken every single feature from everywhere else and gone, mm-hmm. right, let's just turn it on. Let's turn it. People like it, turn it on. People like it, turn it on. It started with a GIF and then it went to video and then yeah. uh, then they've added reactions and um, people who don't like Facebook anymore because of the, the bitchiness and the negativity and, and all of that stuff don't mind using, uploading a video to LinkedIn because they know it's their work colleagues there and it's a safer place. So... Um, yeah, you know, I think the type of content that people post on LinkedIn, it's just more interesting for me too. Whereas, as much as I love cat videos and all the stuff that you yeah. find on normal in, uh, social media, LinkedIn what videos, oh, cat videos, cat videos, and muddy puddles. Know, yeah, the puddles. I mean, actually, probably. I'm sure, I'm sure the Drummond puddle was posted on LinkedIn somewhere, but um, yeah, LinkedIn. When I scroll through it, usually it's everything is interesting to me. So it's, I feel like it's a bit more curated than my. Facebook. I haven't actually logged into Facebook in a long time. Though, I so. think what LinkedIn do really, really well is um, their algorithm's great. So when you post something, um, your feed, like your your feed's limited to the amount of stuff um, that someone can put on it each mm. day. And, and also, adverts are not as uh, as prominent on LinkedIn. So you know you you don't have to have sit through a session when you go in through your videos. You don't have to have that. Um, thing of clicking through three adverts you know like you do on facebook oh, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it oh you're talking about facebook ads yeah so fa- no but so when you're on facebook if you're like if, if me and you're on facebook and i'm what i want to watch a video at, like someone's posted a video of, of something else and i want to look at similar videos i know i'm going to get an advert i yeah. know i'm going to get a few adverts and okay you don't want that right mm, no no i wonder if it's because the price to advertise on linkedin is more expensive that there's not like as much on there I guess because everyone's been shouting that Facebook ads are great. Well, I they guess also great. Facebook's had this whole big build up to actually, you know, in the beginning it was like, let's not, it's not cool yet. It's only cool now because you've got millions of people consuming adverts that people are paying and it's cool for them now because they've got ad revenue. 